Well, it's just nine minutes after four o'clock. It is the 11th of February. Hi, hello there. A very good evening to you. You're very welcome along. It's another edition of Feel Good Friday. We're live till five. Coming up on this evening show, we have some good news for Boyle, a project that's going to be taking place in the summer on Loch E. I also visited an archaeological dig in Carrick and Shannon this week and I spoke with archaeologist Mark Kelly about the work of an archaeologist and what archaeologists do and he told me some interesting stories about archaeological digs that he's been involved in. I'll bring you that around about 25 past four this Feel Good Friday evening. We also have some congratulations messages for somebody from Athlone and a Leitrim woman that's been appointed to a very prestigious position in Sligo. I'll bring you that in just a little while. We'll rock back through the years in our Forgotten Memories section on this Feel Good Friday evening. And also we'll bring you our Feel Good Friday thoughts. You're with Ross Commons Community Radio Station, Ross FM, broadcasting live from the town of Ross Common on 94.6 and also on the World Wide Web at www.rossfm.ie. We're on the Radio Garden app and on the TuneIn app. You're listening to Feel Good Friday this Friday evening. It's just gone a quarter past four. And right now, congratulations to a Leitrim lady who has been appointed the chair of the new Atlantic Technical University. A Leitrim woman has been announced the chair. Her name is Maura McNally from Drummond, and she has been appointed to the key role today. The Atlantic Technical University encompasses Sligo IT, GMIT and Letterkenny IT, and Sligo has now been designated a university town. Also, congratulations to Athlone native um, his name of course is Michael Dignan and uh, he has been appointed uh, the Bishop of Galway Bishop Dignan will replace Bishop Kelly uh, who took over the diocese in 2017 he was ordained to the priesthood for the Diocese of Elphin on the 17th of July 1994 and uh, was appointed Bishop of Clonfert in 2019. Two very prestigious appointments to two very, very local people, and congratulations to both of them. If you want to get in on the show this Friday evening, I'd love to hear from you. The text number is straight through to studio in Roscommon Town is 083-8599-748. Or if you want to call me, Louis taking calls this Friday evening. It's 090-6628161. Let's bring you some more music on this this Feel Good Friday evening. We'll have a forgotten memory section right outside this. A little bit of humour on the show this Friday evening. I like that track. That's Johnny Cash, The Sounds of a Boy Named Sue. You're in tune with Ross FM 94.6 across Roscommon Town. A little bit of good news for the North Roscommon and Boyle area. Boyle and Lockheed will be among a number of venues to host the Eco Showboat Shannon Voyage 2022 this summer. Part of a floating art studio, part a science lab and recently launched the Eco Showboat Project boasts action and ambition by the bucket load with the aim of connecting communities along Ireland's waterways to ignite urgent climate action and build a shared zero-carbon future, the Eco Showboat project uh, will take place in Boyle uh, during July and uh, it's scheduled to visit Boyle from the 19th to the 23rd of July and be in Lockheed from the 26th to the 31st of July. The event is supported by Roscommon County Council through the 
Creative Ireland programme 2022. Let's also rock back through the years and tell you what's been happening this week through the years. The 11th of February 2000 saw devolution suspended in Northern Ireland. On the 11th of February, going back to 1925, a resolution was passed making divorce and remarriage illegal. On the 10th of February 1972, the IRA announces a ceasefire. Going back to the 9th of February, this time to 1996, St Canary Wharf is bombed. Back in 1983, you may remember this one, Irish racehorse Shergar disappears. And back in 1923, on the 9th of February, born in Dublin was playwright Brendan Behan. Looking back through the week, the 7th of February and back to 1868, Aileen Crust was born. Now, who was she? She was the first female vit in either Ireland or Great Britain. The 6th of February, and this time 1958, Billy Whelan was one of 23 people who died when a flight carrying the Manchester United team crashed in Munich in Germany. The Dublin-born player was 22 at the time of the crash. Looking back uh, through the week to the 5th of February and to 1880, the Irish Rugby Football Union was formed. And seven years later, Ireland beat England in rugby, the team's first ever victory in Lansdowne Road. It's our look back through the years in our Forgotten Memories section. It is indeed 23 and a half minutes after uh, 4 o'clock. It's Feel Good Friday evening. Very shortly I'll be joined by Mark Kelly, an archaeologist who's been involved in some archaeology digs all over the country. I'll be speaking to him a little bit about the work of an archaeologist very, very shortly. But first, our Feel Good Friday thought for this Friday evening. A bird sitting on a tree is never afraid of the branch breaking because her trust is not on the branch but on her own wings. Always believe in yourself. Welcome back to Feel Good Friday on Ross FM 94.6. Have you ever wondered what the work of an archaeologist is about? Well, earlier on, I popped along to an archaeology dig conducted by the School of Archaeology and Mark Kelly, and he joins me now on the fringes of that dig. Good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing, Joe? How's things? Good, thanks, and thank you for joining me. I've often wondered what an archaeologist does. Can you tell me a little bit about the work of an archaeologist? Okay, well, I suppose I'll give you the short answer maybe or I'll give you the long one. But in archaeologists, basically what we do is the study of the human past. And here in Ireland, most of the archaeology that we would be interested in or looking for is uh, it's commercial archaeology. It's development-led, usually through like development, construction companies, motorways being built. So the job for us really is preservation of our past, preservation of the history of the people that would have come before us, our ancient ancestors, and recording that sort of history. So what we want to be doing is retrieving artefacts from the ground, trying to understand who used these artefacts, what they were made of, um, how people interacted with these artefacts, uh, what types of skills did people have in the past, and whether these artefacts are associated or connected to any built heritage uh, around us. So what we'd be looking for in a specific area is sites and monuments that may be lost or uncovered, covered under the grounds and that's what we're really looking for. And if you pop into a site and maybe perform a little bit of excavation and find something what do you do with those artefacts? 
Well, initially, artefacts have to be obviously retrieved from the ground, taken out. Once we have the artefacts taken out of the ground, they have to be logged, recorded. All, it's all about data entry and archiving. Once that's done, most artefacts are split into categories. We have typology. So we may find like wooden vessels. We may find um, stone, tools, potentially. We may find bone artefacts. Each one of these go to a specialist archaeologist. Like a zoo archaeologist will look after the animal bone. Um, Osteoarchaeologists will look after human bone. We'll have like then an expert in ceramics that will look after the pottery. And usually archaeological reports are done, specialist reports are done by specialist archaeologists in their field. So they're, they're sort of sub-disciplines of archaeology where the people would be better equipped to be able to tell the story of how these artefacts came to be and how they were made and so on. So maybe it's about that telling a story, but it isn't just one person doing a dig, there's a whole team of people around them then to build the picture. Uh, absolutely, yeah. No, archaeology, uh, there's the initial research uh, of a site or of an area, and then there's the field archaeologists come in, they do their job uh, recovering artefacts, uncovering the monuments, and then there's the specialist works outside and the science behind the archaeology, that those specialists really are the ones that can help the archaeologists in the field create the narrative and that narrative is then used to be able to disseminate that story to the general public, like on the radio or whether it's going to schools and telling that story in the newspapers. And you've been an archaeologist for a while. Can you tell me what was the most interesting sites you were on and any of the artefacts that you may have found on some of those sites? God, yeah. Well, 22 years I'm a commercial archaeologist, uh, 10 years running the company, the School of Irish Archaeology. The most Interesting artefacts, I think I would have found. Well, there's a lot, because everything's interesting once you start finding something that hasn't been found before. I suppose one of the, I suppose one of the most memorable ones is band flakes. They're like sort of made out of church stone. So they were from the late Mesolithic period that we found in Dunshockland in County Mead. And these band flakes, we found a, a bunch of them really, about five or six, but they were deposited over an area of uh, what, what we had, what we thought was a Fulloch Fia, which was an old Bronze Age uh, cooking site. But as we excavated the Bronze Age uh, Fulloch Fia, we came down onto earlier layers from the late Mesolithic uh, period and we found these beautifully crafted arrowheads that were basically made, I suppose you're talking nearly 7,000 BC, so 9,000 years ago or so. And nobody had touched them in 9,000 years and when you find something like that underneath the ground for the first time and nobody's touched it other than you you're the last next person to pick that up after it's been dropped that was pretty uh, pretty special even though it's a piece of stone but it's a beautifully crafted uh, technology that uh, not anybody can do and is archaeology then something about discovering a past that has lain hidden for years and nobody knew about it I think so yeah I like there's obviously a vast amount of knowledge. Everybody, like, not everybody, but people, enthusiasts, we know about our history, our past. We know about whether it's the Stone Age or the Bronze Age. But I think archaeology can bring a personal element to the story of people and how these uh, people lived in the past. You're bringing, re yeah, really, like, you, you can get into the lives of maybe a family or an individual more so than sort of just a general sweep of the past. And you mentioned people there. Do you ever come across human remains as part of an archaeological dig? It's one of the... Well, that, uh, well pottery is a very common artefact to come out of the ground, obviously, but human remains, yeah, there's a vast amount of human remains. I've dug uh, 
sites like Killeen's, like child burial grounds in, um, in County Kildare, which had like, you know, burials of children, burials of women who had like sort of passed giving birth with the fetus still in the, in the womb. They were quite horrific when you first, that was my first excavation. But then we've, yeah, medieval excavations and famine burials and sort of mass graves as well. So, yeah, all types of uh, burials and... Yeah. And I know very little about this, but when you discover a grave like that that's about to tell a story, do you get excited about it or is it a very sad piece? Initially, I think it's like any job. I think if you're a surgeon for the very first time, maybe opening up someone, it's not. It's probably the, you wouldn't be used to it. Uh, you do sort of become a little bit immune to it, but I think you never really totally become immune to it because you, you see there's a there's a person under the ground there there's a person you're digging there's a story behind that person and that person could be a brother a sister a mother a father a child and I think particularly children that was my most harrowing um, yeah you really yeah you can empathise with the person there with you as you dig like and I always have, have to have respect for them as well and sort of even though they're, they, they've passed, there's a sort of connection, for, I, I think, between personally between the archaeologist and even a skeleton under the ground. I don't treat them as skeletons. I treat them as like individuals who had a consciousness at some point in their life, obviously. And that could be a connection that spans over thousands of years in some cases, I presume. Absolutely, yeah. And it's not just a... I, I don't think it's just even a connection just to, to the individual. I think consciousness uh, continues as well um, throughout our lives and... Even though someone passes, I think uh, memories that we create and that you create from your your mother, your great-grandfather, that sort of passes on throughout the generations. I think that's important as well to remember. And if you find a remains under a site, what happens then to, as you say, that was a person for dignity, what happens to them then? Well, they're excavated very carefully. Uh, that's, that's the most important thing and treated with a lot of respect. But once they're excavated, then they're taken out of the ground. Um, they're usually packed and bagged and everything I know it sounds but they're then brought off to the osteoarchaeologist lab and they're treated and they're examined and analysed first and foremost as well but once that's done then they have to be handed over to the National Museum of Ireland and it's up to them and the National Museum of Ireland to look after those remains sometimes they may be reinterred into the ground uh, and that's what the hope of most uh, skeletons that you do find in burials that they should be reburied back into the ground once we're finished with them and I presume it's not all sadness that you do find things that give you great insight into what happened in generations before us. Yeah, absolutely. I think my most is sort of memorable in terms of sort of sites, well, there's a few. Carrick Mines Castle on the M50 back in 2000, 2001, when I excavated there, gave a great insight into the, the Walches who, who were like uh, occupying that area like of Dublin, which was like sort of on the outskirts of the Dublin, defending like Dublin basically from the Irish themselves. But uh, we've excavated um, Viking remains, Viking houses in Dublin. I've, I had the opportunity in 2017 and 2020 to excavate uh, Hiberno-Norse houses and to see how the Vikings, well, I mean, they settled a lot of the cities we know for around Ireland, Limerick, Cork, um, Waterford, Wexford and Dublin. Um, these are all Viking cities. And to see how towns grew up around them by excavating the remains of their settlements was actually is a great eye-opener. And an amount of very juicy artefacts. They always the, the one thing the Vikings will leave behind is a lot of nice artefacts. And is it something then that has to be done as part of every large construction, like a motorway construction, that there is an archaeologist to supervise to make sure there isn't a hidden past underneath it? 
Yeah, that's that's part of the National Monuments Act, uh, 1930 up to 2014. The Act uh, basically secures and ensures that the protection of sites and monuments underneath the ground are recorded properly by archaeologists and where where necessary as well, like it's actually preserved in situ. Uh, excavations that we did carry out in 2017 in Dublin, uh, just beside St. Patrick's Cathedral and the Coombe, uh, there was a hotel being built and they actually left part of the the houses, the fronts of the Viking houses in situ, but they did build a hotel over it, so the lobby of the hotel sits over a row of nearly three to four Viking houses, which was unfortunate for us. We didn't get to excavate and find out a little bit more about them, but also it's good for preservation, but... Yeah, there's two arguments to that, but I won't go into it. And it is all about preservation, but it's also about the future. And you have a school of archaeology. Archaeology is not a subject on the leave and search. But can you tell me what special skills you bring to students as you travel around the country? I think it's important as like what we do, the School of Irish Archaeology. It's important to, I, I, I think, and I, it's important to teach your younger generations about who we are, where we came from, and to sort of appreciate different cultural identities like people have been coming to Ireland for tens of thousands of years like 33,000 years to be exact is their earliest evidence and just to understand that you know Ireland isn't just an insular country uh, it's a country that has had people migrating here for 33,000 years and I think it's important for young people to understand and know their place and where we are in sort of it, it globally as well not just nationally. And if there is that importance in it, do you think the Department of Education should consider an archaeology module as part of history? I do. Well, I know for the for the junior cert, obviously, archaeology is encompassed in the history uh, curriculum. I, I do think as part of the history in the Leaving Cert, there should be more emphasis on our cultural identity, our archaeology and, yeah, our built heritage is very important. And if there's somebody listening this Friday afternoon who's thinking about becoming an archaeologist, a young person that may be sitting the leave in certain June, what advice would you give to somebody like that as to how they should go about it and what uh, way they should go to become qualified as an archaeologist? Well, first and foremost, I suppose it's um, it's about choosing your right thing on your CAO. Um, and if you want to, it's getting into one of the universities, whether it be Minute or UCD or Trinity or NUI. Many uh, universities carry out archaeology modules and um, that would be your first protocol. But I, I, I'd encourage maybe some of our younger generations if they get a chance. There's lots of field schools around Ireland um, and you can participate as volunteers. Do a dig for a week, see what you think of it. And uh, the weather can be great, but also remember we do live in Ireland so it can be damp and cold. So you need to be ready for all types of weathers. I like that idea that because it's not a leave insert subject that you can get a taste of it or do work experience before you actually go into it full time and invest heavily in college fees. Absolutely and I, we actually have uh, starting with us next week we have some TY uh, students coming to work with us as well and um, we're hoping to do this now every year to see if if TY people in you know especially transition year because you are transitioning into you know going going for your final exams and going into maybe a big step into life and taking on a career so it's a good opportunity to see what types of things are out there that you like and if there's somebody interested in reading a little bit more about this Mark Kelly do you have a website I do yeah it's um, www.sia.ie so that's the School of Irish Archaeology you google us and yeah we're sure to pop up 
www.sia.ie. Mark Kelly from the School of Archaeology, thanks for joining me. That's the one. Thank you very much, Joe. Cheers. Delighted to have you on board and anyone considering archaeology, that's probably a good idea to go and do a field study before you invest heavily. That was Mark Kelly from the School of Irish Archaeology, www.sia.ie. We'll be rack rocking towards the weekend right outside these. Stay with me. Every day between 9am and 7pm, Monday to Friday, it's Ross FM 94.6. We at McCall & Company Solicitors Roscommon are committed to providing a legal service to all our clients, which meets their individual needs. We offer legal assistance in the areas of conveyancing, wills and probate, family law, personal injuries litigation, district court matters and all legal matters which are traditionally dealt with by a general practice. We will act in your best interest, giving you honest advice while realising the importance of the solicitor who is always on their client's side. Phone 0966 268 today to book your consultation. 083 It's a Valentine's weekend and we're about to rock towards that weekend. It's 16 minutes away from 5 o'clock. That means 16 minutes away from Aiden Raftery and Friday Sport. 083 is the number that'll get you straight through to the studio in Ross Common Town. You're in tune with Ross FM 94.6. It's just 10 minutes away from 5 o'clock. That means 10 minutes away from Aiden Raftery on this Friday evening. You're in tune with Roscommon Community Radio. This is Ross FM broadcasting from Roscommon Town on this Friday evening. Delighted to have you on board on Feel Good Friday as we rock towards Valentine's weekend. It's three minutes away from 5 o'clock on this Friday evening. That means we're three minutes away from Aiden Raftery and Friday Sports. My special thanks to Mark Kelly from the School of Irish Archaeology for talking to me earlier on. Apologies about the wind on uh, the piece that I brought you, but I did pop down to the archaeology dig in Carrick and Shannon earlier on. And that's what it's like with the Irish weather. As he said, you have to wrap up Warham to be out as an archaeologist. And the noise in the background was the wind uh, where we recorded that piece. Thanks to Mark for joining me. Very, very interesting talk about archaeology. Also, uh, thanks to Louis for looking after the phones on this Friday evening. And to you for joining me. If you enjoyed what I did, I'll be back with more of the same next Friday evening on Feel Good Friday between 4 and 5. Don't forget, Ross FM broadcasts Monday to Friday between... Between 9 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock every evening and uh, we're back again next week with lots more programs if you've enjoyed what I did do join me again next Friday evening until then do take care of yourselves take care of one another and as always if you see someone without a smile do give them one of yours bye bye now